Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara. We share our research, experience, acumen to build those dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Jordan, time for our big three thoughts of the week. Greg Dolchich getting a lot of buzz from Sean Payton, calling him his joker role, player that can be moved all over the formation, showed well as a rookie. Now there's a lot of mouths to feed. Russell Wilson shedding some weight. He needs to step up and, and be the point guard there, the John Stockton. But Greg Dolchich, promising career start, which is always sometimes a trap. But here we are, a guy that is uh, trending positively into year two. Yeah, you always, you always got to be wondering about, hey, very versatile uh can can do a lot of things is that a curse right that's that's always a one of those things where you like okay if, if you're a jack of all trades like where does that actually find you in terms of a volume offense you got to be sometimes careful on that uh, i do think peyton's quote was interesting he had a good day uh he's got a unique skill set he's got traits in the passing game we use the term joker where he can get matchups the trick sometimes is trying to predict what you're going to get defensively if you're going to um get nickel or base yada yada he goes in there um you know, I think his menu is going to be lengthy in the passing game and there's enough stuff that we can do in the running game. So I think there's kind of an admission there that and and there was some of that that happened last year where he wasn't a big uh, receiving uh, a rushing uh, blocking centric guy. Uh, but now we find him uh, in a spot where I think Sean Payton ultimately is a really good offensive coach. And we've really consistently seen that so that he could find a spot and find usefulness out of, uh, out of Greg Dulcich. It makes a lot of sense. So even where he's at, right. The, the numbers in his rookie season, 1.3 yards per route run, right? not great, but that's certainly a success track. It's well better than, I don't know, a guy like Trey McBride, who was uh, significantly worse than that. So all told, I thought it was a good start to this, his career and, you know, if we're if we're being told he's been put in uh, a, a receiving centric role, right? there was another receiving centric tight end in a Sean Payton offense that uh, that was very dominant and didn't block particularly much. One Jimmy Graham, so I think that's all pretty interesting, and we'll have to see. I do think the the, the news about Russell Wilson slimming down makes sense. You know, we've seen this in in other sports. We've seen this uh, in football. Right. Like Brady got smaller, right. Brady got leaner, right. We've seen it, you know, Tim Duncan, notably, right. Like there's been these guys that have aged well, uh, that have, you know, consistently kind of tried to stay lean as a way to, you know, make up, make up for speed and all all that stuff as you age. I I think that would probably suit Russell Wilson. Well, it's not, I don't think Russell Wilson's, um, I, I just think Russell Wilson is built thicker, right. I don't even, it's not even a fat, like, I'm not saying that he's fat either. I just think he is built He's just built uh, thicker. He's probably thicker in the shoulders. Like he's just he's just a thicker guy, and it'll be interesting to see if he can slim down uh, and and lean out a little bit with that frame, right? I think it's easier with guys that are just that are just skinnier, right? And we we see it all the you know like Devontae Smith. The, the can does he have the frame to take it off, like or to to put weight on, right? Is Russell Wilson in a position where he can take weight off to help? I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. We don't usually have that conversation with guys, but um, it's usually the other way around. But it'll be interesting to see with Wilson. 
with Dolchich, uh, I actually did a, uh, a premium show on him doing a, a deeper dive uh, on his uh, career arc and on just brand. how his profile <laughs> looks. Exactly. And uh, um, he came up surprisingly well. Now, again, I, I think competition for targets is not factored in, you know, in a lot of the, to that study. But looking at him, isolating him, the profile the, and the player, he's got a lot of outs. You know, he's one of the few guys beyond the, the big top names, I think, that has top six upside. Now, six might not mean anything because you're not very close to two or one. Um, but again, it's a threshold historically that, you know, you'd rather have tied in five than tied in 10, you know, just from a from a marketability and, and potential upside for the future kind of standpoint. So Dolchich looks really good in terms of that prism and, and with what he showed in year one. So uh, again, I think buzz is warranted. I, I don't think their wide receivers are as good as everyone wants to say. I think Sutton's a little overcooked. I don't think Judy is like an alpha type guy. It'll be interesting to see how long they're on that depth chart together. I do like Marvin Mims. So the competition for targets bothers me in the short term, but Dolchich flashed right away. Like I always look at the Mark Andrews factor, right? Like a guy that just right away looks the part. And Dolchich pretty much did that. He missed some time with injury and yet he walks in and he's all of a sudden a, a vital member where at tight end rookies, you typically don't see that. And we actually had moments of that in 2022. Next big three, big two, Luke Schoonmaker, who is one that, you know, you look at the pedigree round two, if Dalton Schultz could do it, why not? Why not Schoonmaker? And limited though, in a walking boot, he's got some plantar fasciitis. I don't know if you've ever known anybody with that, Jordan. Um, I've had some coworkers over the years and it's serious business. It's a constant management thing. I would say it never really goes away. You have better days, you have better weeks, but it's going to be something that is a management issue. And all of a sudden it comes back where Schoonmaker is a potential week one starter. Let's see. It's really early, but Jake Ferguson, pretty promising, you know, small sample size alert, but had some signs in year one. And certainly from day three could be someone that has percentage outs here for the starting role. Yeah, and one of the that was one of those spots too, where Jake Ferguson was the guy that I think both of us liked, and to see Schoonmaker go there is like, ah, oh, well, they took someone in pedigree, but we didn't really love Schoonmaker, so I thought I think we might even roster him in a league together uh, that he still had live outs. Right, this is actually great news. Right, again, it's a it's a round four guy, but very similar ceiling type of projections there for round two and round four guys again i and i would say schoonmaker was on kind of the unproductive side of of the round two guys uh you look at at uh ferguson last year again not a huge sample 105 routes again not not that big of a sample but 1.66 yards per route run that's certainly something so i think it'd be interesting to see if he can carve out a spot you know can he start week one right what's the length of the schoonmaker uh uh, you know, uh, delay, right. Of, of his, of his injury. We'll see. Right. And does that, does that start him behind Ferguson in a way where I think Ferguson, like if he got a shot to play would be pretty interesting. So I do think, you know, cheap shots, if he's out there and um, he might be available uh, if you're cutting, you know, backup running backs or, you know, getting first waiver wire runs or stuff like that, he might be available and worth a, a, a stash deeper down the roster just to see how the summer plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Ross, number three here with rave reviews from Andy Reid. Yet another wide receiver. They've they're pretty loaded in Kansas City to say that you can sharpshoot. It feels like a horse race if you're trying to say the trifecta of number one, number two, number three at this stage. That's probably gonna be tough because they go six, seven deep of possibilities for there and the competition. But Justin Ross, this feels like the second offseason in a row. Oh, look at these moments. But we've still yet to see Justin Ross, in my opinion, like 
can confirm this. I mean, we haven't really seen him get targets in a regular season game. We well, so, got hurt last year. Right. right. So, and he also had the, 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 the neck and spinal uh, issue that we didn't know if anyone was going to let him on right. an NFL field for live full contact in pads and helmets, go after it a hundred percent. We still have not gotten that. We still have not gotten that data point. So I don't know about you, Jordan, but color me skeptical just that, you know, the, the whole holding on to how he was as a, a prospect, a recruit at 18 years old. And then, you know, we're still holding on to it years and years removed from that and, and multiple medical issues and, and possible setbacks since then, that's going to hold him back. I don't know about about you, but I know Dynasty. This feels like a a road that likely leads to nowhere, and you got to be really careful about how long you hold the roster spots like this. Yeah, hundred percent on that. Um, this is this has got roster clogger uh, written all over it, right? That's that's typically how these things, uh, you know, tend to play out uh, with uh, with stories like Justin Ross. I'll say a couple of things. I think he was an elite prospect. Did things happen to him uh, that that caused him to fall? Absolutely. Is that production related? I don't think so. Right. When you look at what he did uh, it, at his time in uh, in Clemson, right? That was there was some elite things that he was capable of. One of the highest yards per route run uh, of any player uh, in in the PFF uh, history of uh, of. Uh, in the college era where they have all that data. So, I mean, you look at some of that stuff, right? Just, just really robust production career, uh, 92% yards per route run guy. Uh, he was the hundredth percentile yards per route run guy in the database at 4.98 in his best season. So there is stuff there, right? There is stuff there in terms of what he was capable of in college. Again, I think you're selling that for like a second, but if you have him on your roster right now, I wouldn't run away. Because there's again, there's there's is that is there a lot of options there? Yes. Is there an established good one? I don't think so. Right. I, there's not right. If if he's got a fighting chance, I don't think there's anyone that necessarily scares me away from him, you know, being you know, being a guy. The question is, is that like an 85 target role and how much does that really matter? Right. That's that's I think the ultimate question. Right. Do you get beyond something that you say the the valid thing to do is flip, right? I mean, does he get all the way home and he's right there as like the 1B target to Travis Kelsey? Like someone needs to do that. And guess what? The answer last year we we learned can be nobody, right? I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster was a fill-in. He was a depth option. He finished what? Wide receiver 35 to 45, somewhere in there, like offhand. And so there was not really, you know, Baldus Scanling had some moments. Kadarius Coney came in. He was a bit player. You know, he's been an efficient player, but he hasn't been one that actually looks like a traditional NFL wide receiver. And so I think you have to be skeptical. You know, Sky Moore showed poorly, you know, when you look at you know, small sample size and what he did efficiency wise. And then you have Rashid Rice coming in. Uh, are we doing this again? You know, he's cheaper cost than Sky Moore. At least that's the good news. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks. Justin Ross has the biggest look maybe of an alpha but he ran four sixes and the medical and he's not a big athlete. Is he going to be a jump ball guy? Does that play in the chief's offense? Like, are they going to feature that type of thing for more than 70, 80 targets in a best case? So you have to be, if you go down this road. And I think what you said, which is do you exit for a second, the moment you have an opportunity of like some August buzz where you don't even take a chance, you know, you don't hold the roster spot anymore. I think that's maybe the, the final question you need to ask yourself on how far in on Justin Ross would you be? 
Next for Dynasty Trading, did you get enough? We got a Justin Jefferson one, and we got three pedigreed pieces coming back. So Justin Jefferson and Superflex for Drake London, Jackson Smith the Jigba, and a 24 first. A lot to get back. Right, that's a lot to get back. I will say this is a, you don't do a deal like this unless you're an excellent team, right? I think Justin Jefferson's in the rare category of wide receivers that consistently matter. Right. There's like two of them, right? There's, there's two between him and, and chase, right. Of the, the elite dynasty guys that truly move the needle. Um, those two guys exist up there. And then I think it is a, it is a tear break and there's a lot of flatness after that. Um, there's a chance that London is like a top five wide receiver in dynasty this time next year. That's that chance exists. What, also, what, what, yeah. what type of season do you think he has to have? I was I was kind of chewing this around. And when I was looking at more of a redrafty, more of a one-year thing of like, what do we think the range of outcomes for Drake London this year is? And I think it's, he's not as high. If you start stacking up wide receivers and say, what's your chances this year of finishing in the top five, top 10, you know, highly. And like, I think his odds are actually lower than a lot of guys. And I, what are your thoughts on what he has to do? Like to be considered a top five wide receiver, we know you don't necessarily have to finish in the top five. That's not a requisite. You know, you could, he could finish at wide receiver 16 and potentially still be viewed in that light, depending on how the rest of the season ages, the older guys, you know, how many other guys produce better at a younger age or similar age and career arc. I, I just, I do think it might be in the mid teens might be his peak for what he could actually do this year. What do you think? In terms of what he could actually do, I think that's fair. Um, I, I would say... It puts on a really great arc. But it does. Like, yeah. it, he's one of those players that if the volume breaks in his way, like they were a 13% under expectation team last year in terms of passing rate. I mean, that's almost impossible to repeat. So Is it? Is it? <laughs> we're gonna tr- they're going to try like hell. They're going to try, yeah. But, but um it's it's very difficult. That was a bad defense, that. Jordan. That was a bad defense crazy. and they, they still stuck with it. They were they were super weird. Um but you look at some of the stuff on on him like you just take his comps, right? I actually went and just looked at this uh, the, I have the AOD comparison engine and you just plug in first round wide receivers and you compare his targets per route run and his yards per route run. The list of guys is extraordinary. It's Percy Harvin, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., A.J. Green, Des Bryant, Amari Cooper, Hakeem Nix, Julio Jones, Michael Crabtree, and Kelvin Ridley. On average, in the next five years of their career, they averaged 1.9 top 12 finishes, right? Nine out of 10 of them hit a top 12 seasonal finish. uh, And uh, I believe it's 60% of them hit at least twice. So that that is a huge huge profile um the question is volume we know that can be fickle and um you know i think it's a bet worth like i think that's a he's a player that's like i i look at him and christian watson sort of i think are priced at the point where they could explode um alave is too but he's a little bit more expensive right but those two guys i look at them and from efficient from a production standpoint that's pretty compelling um jackson smith and jigba doesn't do a ton for me uh in this right he's a really good player Uh, he's my wide receiver one i don't know if he's got that huge ceiling again i like him as a player i don't like i i sort of am cautious on deals like this because i think people tend to overweight uh rookie wide receivers in that sense but you're getting a first i mean you're are you getting four firsts like three plus first in this deal. 
I mean, if you're not if you're not a dead red super contending team, this is a really compelling option to sell Justin Jefferson. I think it's fair. Like I'm kind of looking yeah. at adding up the values I have for these guys. And again, I like London, but like I think he's the best piece in this deal coming back. You know, that first, let's consider it random. Um, I don't think next year's class is great, by the way. You know, I think uh how dare you? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go the opposite way. It's not gonna be great. It's not gonna be roses and butterflies and uh, you know, drinks by the pool. Excuse me. Um, and, and Jackson's been the Jigba. You know, I mean, he goes to a crowded place as well. You know, that DK Metcalf is legit and people wanna pretend like Smith and Jigba is just gonna take all of uh, Tyler Lockett and more, you know, over the next two years. So it could be two tepid seasons. Like, I think the the risk is Justin Jefferson out there doing his thing. You know, he's done it every single year, came in right away. I'm Odell uh-huh. Beckham, but I'm healthy, like uh-huh. all this stuff. And it's like, so he, he he's doing that thing. And then you get like, let's say Drake London, you know, wide receiver 24. That's uh-huh. very reasonable, like based on what's going on there. And then you get Smith and Jigba, like, oh, promising. Why just he for 40? And now we got this first round pick. You gonna feel good? I I, I don't know if you're gonna feel good. Like, if this is a league that it's not like three wide receiver mandatory, it's not like 12 starters, like I, I don't know. I like these are really good pieces, but I think I want the top piece better. Like, I think that's my thing. Like, I would rather and, and what is better? I mean. Like, I would rather blend it. Like, is this Drake London, Tyreek Hill at mm-hmm. a first? You know what I mean? Like, give me, give me, like, even if it's Cooper Cup, like, give me somebody that I feel can get right there with Jefferson this year or in a two year window. And now you have a two way, three way go type thing going on, right? But can't you do that as a two way stop? Right. Like, maybe, maybe. I, and, and I'm instantly already thinking about this is like, I don't want to, like, yes. in the next two weeks, I'm already, I'm already right. looking at deals. Right. Is no, Jackson I, I'm, Smith and I'm Jigba sculpting, I'm sculpting yeah. it that way. Correct. Sure. Like, yeah. Smith and Jigba, let's say he's 10, you know, in Superflex, what, 104, 105, whatever. Yeah. Like, let's say he's in that range. Yes, you should be able to trade that pick as a proxy for Tyreek Hill. That's sort of, you know, something in the mid first is probably what he goes for. So, yes, yes, you could do that. Could you trade it for, you know, Smith and Jigba for in the radius of Devonta Smith? You know, or like you could do something else. Yes. It requires take a the first in Jackson Smith and Jigba and get Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay. And and okay. then you're you, okay. and then so you're you, sort of doing the same thing, right. right? That that would be kind of the way that I would think about this okay. uh, from that perspective. And if you're not I would I would want team. that to be the result. I would want that to be what I'm actually working with when yes. we get to lineup season. Yes. I think if you get to the lineup season with this. I will say, did I explore avenues to get myself someone much closer lineup wise over a two to three year window? And I don't have to project with players that could be on positive trajectories. Uh, that's just when you give up a stud and an, like one of, I mean, how many players in Superflex? you got what, ten, like a bunch of quarterbacks, two wide receivers and who else? Like you don't have a big list of blank check. Like, let me go out and let me hunt and get exactly what I want. I know only like half the teams in the league might have any sort of package you're going to be interested in, but just, you know, I, I just would say, hopefully to me, this doesn't do it enough. I, I need to get a, a little bit different blend, a little bit different cocktail, a little bit different recipe for me. All right. I wanted to make a Alexander Madison theme here because I think it's interesting that he sits in this zone. It's like Schrodinger's cat. Dalvin cook is still on the roster. Do we think he gets to week one? Probably not. But you know what? He's still there. 
still there. Remember, someone someone signed up for for ended up drawing Jimmy Garoppolo for like five hundred days because the assumption was he's gone. So I, I think with Alexander Madison, you know, we think he's the week one starter. We think this is a James Conner explosive situation, but we're not there yet. Pen to paper. He, he, so I want to go over some of these trades on how to utilize Alexander Madison, whether he's a strong hold in these situations or are we, you already getting sort of the factored in starter price? Superflex, Jimmy Garoppolo, Alexander Madison for Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> I think you take Rodgers. Um, the the Rodgers side wins this most of the time. Uh, you have the Garoppolo injury. I don't, I'm not worried about the Garoppolo injury to be completely honest with you. I don't, I'm not worried at all about it. Uh, I think he's going to be their week one starter. And I think that's pretty clear in my opinion. Uh, but Rogers has a much bigger ceiling. I think that right? this solves a problem for you. And ultimately at a, at an if, important position. Yeah. Is, is Madison, right. You trade, you, you roster running backs. So that way a, you can start them or B you can trade them for, premium positions, right? And this and you're is doing that. that. You're doing exactly. that. And you're not taking on the risk of what if Madison gets hurt? What if Dalvin Cook somehow stays? Yes. What if uh, What if he's actually challenged more than Dalvin Cook was challenged as the running back one? There's a lot of ways that this can go sideways. And you're like, I could have got out for Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Yep. This one, I mean, talk about getting premium exit outings. Madison, a first and a second next year for Dak Prescott. On the cutest day of my daughters, right? When they're dressed up in the matching outfits, they're behaving great. Right? They gave me a card. It's Father's Day. Feeling great. Trade. Run them over. <laughs> Not quite as sunny as this moment. We are right. running. We are yep. running. We are hurtling them. And uh, and we are rushing to the computer to hit accept on this deal. We got a 10-team, one quarterback, Alexander Madison for Deontay Johnson. Madison. Uh, and hmm. I like Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson's a potential difference maker. Uh, but at this particular point, right, there's, I think, a lot more players that you could trade Madison for at some point later on if he's, if Delvin Cook gets cut, right? And if Madison stays somewhat in this range, right, like, I, I don't think it's much to add to Madison to get to Deontay Johnson. So um, I think there's a lot of guys that you can try and trade. Like, if the worst that happens is instead of trading Madison for Deontay Johnson, you have to trade Madison for Tyler Lockett, right? I don't think you've lost that much. What you've lost is doing that deal now. You've lost, uh, you know, the potential ceiling of a top 10 running back. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the value here, but I do think by the market, you could do better. You could do better mm -hmm. based on the allure of Dalvin Cook is going to be gone. Uh, what's the, what do you think the the hard line is? Like, do you think it's not an auto accept if you're offered a first for Madison right now? Is that not an auto accept? If I'm offered a first for Madison, I take it right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just the flexibility that. that provides. Okay. Yeah. And it's right. I mean, this is kind of the situation where Dylan got to last year or two, whatever it was two years ago. Remember when Aaron it, it appeared, they didn't tag Aaron Jones and it appeared he was going to leave and there was like a 72 hour window. You get a first for AJ Dillon. Like he was going like top 50 of a startup and then, yeah. And then Aaron Jones came right back. Right. And I Hello, think he started friends. like six games since then. Right. Like that's the, yeah. that's the deal. So yeah. Yep. All right. And again, we might have Dalvin cook news, but we've already hit it where these are some good exits where he is still on that roster. Dalvin cook still there. And these are some of the exits. And I love 
you know, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, like getting things done at premium positions, you know, and, and in a one quarterback, you know, again, uh, you need to be a little more careful about what you're going toward probably towards wide receiver. Um, but there's already some good exits there. And it seems like the market will only get hotter for a mid twenties running back finally unleashed. Who's had some big games for us in that high variance seeking and elite result seeking, uh, in those spot starts we've had from Alexander Madison so far. From Life and Dynasty, Lessons Learned, and uh, I titled this one, Jordan, for this week, The Big Slice. I've never told you this story, but I've been golfing once in like five years, and I went with a bunch of uh, friends I knew, and it was an awesome time. You know, again, my scorecard, not that great. I think I shot 100 or something, but the point is, like, I saw this guy, and they, they warned me about him. They said, this guy's a little screwball. Like, again, nice guy. I know him well, and but it was like, you wait, wait till you see this guy. He's got the biggest slice you've ever seen. And I called this the big slice because he ended up having, I, I didn't believe it when I saw it. There's this water on the left on this first hole. Everyone lines, you know, we're all doing our, our, our tee offs and he lined up right there, 45 degree angle <laughs> straight at the water hazard. And I was like, I, I just like looked at the guy next to me. I was like, is this a joke? He's like, no, no, no. Like they play like twice a week. It's like, like, no, this is it. He was talking, you know, just way out to the left and he knew how to play his slice. He made it into the fairway. Like it started like the very first trajectory was right towards the water, but it, you know, it's slicing, it's slicing huge arcing. You know, if you're doing a Frisbee, I mean, this is a beautiful throw. Like <laughs> if it was ultimate Frisbee, you know, it, like, and you score the long pass, you know, to your teammate, I mean, it's awesome. So it got to where it wanted to go, you know, and he did this throughout the round irons, woods, driver, doesn't matter. And it would like, and I think it's important to know your destination, you know? And so I thought about him and I was like, you know, in dynasty, it's not always pretty. You know, we always talk about like your opening month. You might not know what's happening running back wise. You know, you don't know if you have anything in Geno Smith on your, on your bench in Superflex, for example. And, you know, you don't know if you're going to get some AJ P Ryan, a clarified start in week three, week 12, or the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I think back to a team that I got to the finals I had no week one starting running back, but by mid season, I was fine, but you have to kind of tolerate that journey and the path. And I just think about this guy pointing right at, right at the water. You want to know why? Cause you aim straight for a while and he ended up in the woods on the right, you know, and he, he keeps calibrating, he keeps ticking over and eventually he finds his sweet spot. Now you could say, well, maybe you should go and take some lessons and fix that. But he also, I think out of the foursome, he finished with the second best score. So what are you trying to accomplish here, right? Like he's competitive, you know, and he knows where to put it. He knows where to aim. And I think in Dynasty, we're aiming for December. And how are we going to get there? Well, it's June. And I think it could take a lot of different paths. The injuries that benefit you, hurt you, uh, breakout players, players that don't quite perform. You know, we talked about Drake London. What if he's not a top 12 guy and you're counting on him? Like there's a lot of twists and turns to say, where are we going? But I think when you focus on the team build, the process, and the profiles, you might be aiming left, you might be aiming right, and the result could be right down the middle. When I was playing golf a lot, this is pre-kids, now I got two of them and I'm not playing golf really at all. Uh, when I was playing golf, I couldn't hit my driver, couldn't keep it in play, left, right, everywhere. And one day I literally was in the, picked my clubs out of the garage, was taken in my car to put them in took the driver out, left it in the garage and went to the golf course. And you want to know what happened? 
a handicap came down about four strokes in the course of like two months because right? yeah. I wasn't hitting balls in the woods, right? I was hitting three wood. It was in play. It wasn't in, in the woods. And actually, I and I play in a tournament with my dad at that time. I was playing every year. We won it. <laughs> we won a member guest. And I didn't. It's a long course. Didn't hit driver once. Didn't have it in the bag all week. And we won because I was just not getting in trouble. And I think that's that's it's honestly it's funny that you kind of say that. Right. You kind of know what you're doing and, and avoid kind of avoid the big mistake. Right. Is is really what he was doing. Right. Kind of arguing it similar and how I did it. Right. Just avoid the big mistake. And if you do that, you put yourself it's it's a lot like Miami plays offense in uh, in basketball. Right. They don't turn the ball over. They don't shoot it particularly well every night, but they're shooting a lot of balls at the net. And those things can add up. Right. I tend I look at those things and I think that it's a valuable lesson for dynasty. Yeah. And I, I think about, you know, you go through a startup draft. It's the same sort of thing, right? You say at this price point, is this a good bet? It could be the player. It could be the position. It could be the profile or it could be the, well, I'm paying wide receiver five fifteen. Am I getting some good juice here? You know, or are there three or four guys all the same? Maybe that's a spot to trade down, kick the can, let someone else decide. You know, we talked about that before. Uh, I think I've mentioned it with waiver dollars, right? Like, would you rather pick 410, you know, one of the last picks of your rookie draft, or would you rather get extra waiver dollars and say, I'm going to decide in August. I'm going to decide later as opposed to earlier where I'm going to pretty much have the same options. So all these kind of things rope, you know, together and, and become your dynasty DNA. And I think the more you pragmatically go through this with your decisions, whether it's a startup draft, it's the roster spots, what types of trades are you making? How are you valuing the premium positions? All this goes along with, like you just said, find the fairway. Like I remember when I was golfing a lot, it was like, I didn't hit driver much at all. Like everyone's trying to just pound it. It's like, these are shorter par fours. Like you don't have to pound it. Like no one's driving greens. Like get it, get in the short stuff. I mean, avoid, like my, my thing was avoid the sand. Like, and that really is like, it could take you three shots to get out of there. You could, what is it? What do they call it? Skim it, not skim it. Uh, uh, it's like you hit the razor shot that goes right over the green. Like it's just mm -hmm. not going to stop. Yeah. It, it has no air on it. Skull it. That's what's yeah, called. Skull, you skull yeah. it. And so, you know, these bad case scenarios, water, sand, and, and, you know, for, for guys that don't play a ton, you know, and if you're not shooting 75 and all this stuff, like that really can add a ton of strokes, just avoiding those, those hazards. And we talk about rookie profiles and, you know, making good decisions with your rookie picks, whether you're trading or, or drafting. And I think all that is kind of just avoiding the hazards that everyone else will go into, you know, they're going to get a ball that I can't see it. I can't find it. You know, it's in the sand. And it took me three shots. That's, you know, picking a, picking a de-optimized 107 rookie pick. You didn't try to trade it, and here's what you picked. You're like, yeah, I'll pick Devin on a chain. You're just like, I don't know. Like you just, so you got to be careful. You got to be careful with all those things, and those percentage points add up. Just like strokes, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I played pretty well, but these two holes killed me. I went from 78 to 90. Like there you go, there you go, and that's your rec, rec golfer in a, a handicap in a, a nutshell right there. Isn't it funny too? Like I, I look at kind of what you're saying, and he's probably gets a lot of grief, right? If you put him into a a foursome with three people he's never met. They're probably making fun of him doing all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but kind of knows who he is, right? That's the same thing in a startup draft. I'm in one right now and I'm the weirdest person in it, right? I'm attacking premiums. I'm, I'm going quarterback. I'm going tight end and the pre I'm hitting the premiums up. We'll talk about this a little bit in our after hour show on the Patreon side about some of the other stuff that's going on in that draft, uh, which I need some chance assistance in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And, uh, uh, but one of the things that I'm doing is, is I, I've literally got to the point where I'm like, am I crazy? Right. I'm like, no, I think I'm, I think I'm right. Like it's, just, this is all well-founded suspicion stuff, right? Well-researched. I've thought this through and here's kind of my strategy and it looks very different, but you kind of have to have the confidence and build in a bit of an infrastructure of people you can ask people you can, you know, kick ideas around with to just sort of, you know, d- double check some of the stuff you're thinking about. And it can put you in a really good position because you're, yes, you're different, but that actually can be an advantage, especially in dynasty, which is a game where difference is very valuable because what you're trying to do is like win, right? You're trying to be one of 12. And if you're different, right. And you're right. That really makes the odds uh, in your advantage when that happens. So um, I do think from that perspective, also applicable to dynasty. Yep. Want to mention on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week, and that's at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Uh, we have the after hours show, which Jordan just alluded to it. We're going to be talking about some strange things in Dynasty. Uh, he's had an interesting startup draft situation. And, uh, you know, when things get weird, you know, we, we talk about what's under the hood and what's behind the curtain uh, to some of our unique Dynasty situations. So you want to be on board for that. We've had plenty of signups in the first opening month here, opening four or five weeks. Thank you so much. And also we're going through, we got two straight months of talking running back so we talked about the afc north exactly we split it out we can really stretch our legs and we're talking about four teams a week by division and we're giving you an action plan for the starter but also what's going on in running back two plus what's going on with the efficiency of the backfield what's going on with the dynasty cost and are there moves to be made so we're going through all of that at these critical depth charts across the nfl and you're gonna be up to speed right about the time things start to heat up in july and on into august so we're going to be prepping you all the way into the preseason here with all the depth charts and you can get that on the premium side, patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Thanks so much for listening this week to Dynasty Think Tank. Follow us at Chad Parsons NFL at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams, analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.coms. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 